Today, on Commitment to Truth. Listen, I always tell guys, I said, listen, the reality is there's sometimes in your marriage, in your home, you're just going to have to take one on the chin. Ain't going to be fair. But that's the cost of leadership. Welcome to Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Each week, Pastor Cedric Brown and the pastoral team at Commitment Church strive to draw you into a deeper relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today, we begin a series titled, Let's Re-Engage. Many churches have had a very difficult last two years, especially with COVID-19 rendering gatherings difficult to impossible. And once we regathered, it has been a challenge to feel close to one another. Because we are the body of Christ, we were made to be connected to each other. There is no time like now to begin to restore that connectedness that makes us the hands and feet of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This week, Pastor Cedric Brown will interview the leaders of another one of the ministries of Commitment Church. During this interview, you will learn about some of the real-life struggles of those who are served by this ministry and how their needs are met. You will also learn how this ministry helps to build up disciples of Jesus Christ and how you can get engaged with this ministry. Here is Pastor Cedric, lead pastor of Commitment Church, with today's message. But then he says, be strong. You know, the beautiful thing about this word, be strong, it shows the, the greater grace of God because it says, it means this, to grow strong. It didn't say, you know what, Cedric, you got to be strong in every bit of manhood. He didn't say that. But he says, grow strong. What I hear that saying to us guys is this. What you are weak in today, you can't be weak in tomorrow. What you failed in this week, you can't keep failing in it next week. What you've been struggling with all of 2022, you can't be going into the new year struggling with the same thing. In other words, grow up. Continue to grow and grow into manhood. Continue to grow and act like a man. Again, yes, you won't get it right all the time, but shame on us guys if we continue to get it wrong in the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. And what I've seen personally, that's when a man loses respect in his home. If he has to always come up to his wife and his children, please forgive me, they always, one thing I've seen, wives, uh, and, and uh, children and family will always give a man a pass, but never a pass on the same thing over and over and over and over again. Nor does God. You know why? How I know that? Because he says, he who knows the right thing to do, to him it is sin. Once you know what the right thing is, it's sin before God. Once a, husband, a wife knows that, sweetheart, I've asked you to do that. I've asked you to, I've shared my heart with you and said that this is what I need. And the children say, and maybe even they don't know how to say it, but discernment of a father says, I got to hear through what my children are really saying to me. And again, please understand, children grow up, 
and you will be on two opposite ends of the spectrum and they will be doing all they want to do, however they want to do it. But one thing a father can sustain, that's respect. He can always sustain respect. Can't control them anymore. You can't say, sweetheart, you're going to stay. I'm going to take the car keys and you're going to be at home and sit still. Can't do that anymore. But what you can have is, I can't say anything negative about my dad because my dad has been who he says he was in private, in public, and everywhere. May hate him now, but one day, I love him for it. Be strong. Teach and model how a man should always act. And then you find in verse 14, this is a difficult one. Let all that you do be done in love. Love to most men is like a really, really painfully difficult term. Experience. Even saying I love you. It's like a strain for most guys. And, and I shared earlier today that I was so blessed by several men who discipled me and mentored me in the faith. And one of the first things they said to me that rocked my world was, I love you. And I was like, what do you mean? You love me. <laughs> you know, men don't say, say things like that. They don't get all mushy and... You know, I didn't even tell my girlfriends I loved them. And, you know, I was like, whoa, what do you mean? You love me. And I came from that generation, some of you may have, guys, as well, that my dad was not that dad who said, I love you. You know he loved you because he did everything that communicated love, but he didn't say, Cedric, I love you. You, you, know, you understand what I'm saying? So these men were the voice of God in my life that that taught me how to courageously communicate love. Not just say, well, you know I love you. Right, because some guys, sometimes guys, you know, our wives may just randomly blindside us and say, do you love me? It's like, where's that coming from? Oh, left field and, and you know I do. Right, but what they're really asking you to say is what? I love you too, sweetheart. It's not necessarily prove your love, but can you verbalize love? And sometimes verbalization of love is super difficult for a man. And that's why I always encourage guys to do this. I say, listen, there are times you just have to be obedient to God and let your head and your heart catch up to your obedience. Start saying you love people. Then let your emotions catch up to it. Communicate, I love you, sweetheart. I'm proud of you. I love you. And if you have young children and you've never experienced that from your dad, what I had to learn is practice it early. When, the, when your child don't even understand what you're saying, when your child is, don't even know how to communicate it back and forth, yes, even when they're babies and infants, daddy loves you. Daddy loves you. Daddy loves you. Why is that important? Because one day they're going to grow up 
And if you just try to kick in the love language, if you will, like in the midst of teenage years, you ain't going to be feeling love. But you have to know and train your heart and your soul to say, no, I really love this growing young man in spite of how they're acting right now. I love them. And, and, and it can't be difficult for me to genuinely say, I love you. No matter how you acting right now, I love you. Communication and love is super important. I was sharing earlier as well that my oldest sister, some of you may know her, she lives in Baltimore, and one day we were talking, and, and she said to me, Cedric, you know, you taught daddy how to say I love you. I'm like, what do you mean? She said, and I never knew she saw this or whatever. My dad never said he loved me. Men taught me how to communicate love, and I start verbalizing it to my father. At first, he didn't know how to receive it. I said, Daddy, I love you. That's what he did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, Daddy, I love you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then eventually, me too. That's, that's the other man thing, me too. You know, and then it went from him literally saying he loved me before I got it out of my mouth. Not knowing what everyone else in the family was feeling. You follow me? And then found out in his later years, he started communicating verbally that he loved all the rest of the children. And I tell you today, because I courageously did it before maybe my emotions weren't there. Listen, when my, my father's with the Lord now. He's been with the Lord for about 16 years now. I have no regrets because everything that was needed to be said was said to my father. Are you with me? So the challenge you and I will always face is you got to get over the uncomfortableness. And many times the verbalization is the first, first act of love. Because listen, if, if you do not know how much God loves you, you won't be able to express love. Because it says we love because what? God first loved us. Remember the apostle Paul, he, listen, he has written over more than three ter- uh, uh, two-thirds of the New Testament And Paul, over and over again, talks about fond affection and all these emotions. And one of the greatest expressions that he communicated to the church of Corinth, he said, listen, I have opened my heart wide unto you, O Corinthians. He says, why won't you open your hearts wide unto us? And my humble opinion is if you want to influence people in your life, for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you got to first be the one who takes the risk to open your heart up. We cannot ask other people to go there if you're not willing to first go there yourself, to show your vulnerabilities, to show, you know, even your insecurities. Got to be first, be the first to go there. Thank you for joining us for today's message from Commitment to Truth. We'll continue with the second part of the message right after this. Life is like an orchestra. We have the string, woodwind, brass, and percussion sections. We are all attempting to follow God's lead as our conductor while remaining in sync with each other. 
Instinctively, we find ourselves seeking the position of first chair. None of us are ever really skillful enough to sit there, yet we try. But who is the first chair meant for? You can purchase this book and others by Cedric Brown at cedricbrown.com. Thank you again for joining us for today's message from Commitment to Truth. We now return for the second half of our message. It says, let, in verse 14 again, let all, the word all means individually and collectively, you do be done in love. The little, the lot, let it be done in love. And then it, the word done means this, begin to be. And that's the sweetness of, we serve a God who does not set us up for failure. He says, let it begin to be. Right, so many times we think, okay, it has, love has to be the finished product of love. Right, in other words, well, I got, I'm not going to say unless I really mean it. I'm not, I'm not going to show love unless I really, really, really mean it. Well, I really don't feel that way towards them. Well, can you imagine what Jesus thought about us? Can you imagine if, if he said, okay, well, I'm not going to die on the cross until you all fully love me. He says, while we're yet sinners, Christ did what? Die for us. While we didn't want anything to do with Christ. While he was reject, while we were rejecting him, denying him, living all, all that we, and living our own lives, how we want to live, Christ still died for us. So that's how we should respond to others is at the end of the day, God, I am going to begin to be someone that does everything in love. The word done continues to mean this, result in love or be the result of love. So as it begins to be something I do in love, at the end of the day, it should result in love or be the results of love. Everything I do, everything I, do, I say should result in love or should be the results of what? Love. Which means everything. The word love is agape. Some of you know that. That's that unconditional love that sent Jesus to the cross. But it also means this affectionate regard, goodwill. It also means benevolence. It means God's willful direction towards man. It involves God doing what he knows is best for man and not necessarily what man desires. So, again, there's going to be people who don't. There's going to be people in your life, guys, that may not like you. But we give them love anyway. There will be people who disrespect you, who don't treat you deservingly like a man, but you love them still. You give love out even when people don't deserve it and even when they're not looking for it. You love them still. How do we become those prophets, priests, and kings in our lives, uh, in others' lives, in, in our homes, and in the communities, on, in the marketplace? We have to become men who are always acting like the men of God, alert men who are standing firm, and we're persevering in season and out of season. We're men who 
are not boys anymore, but we're growing into men of God. Amen? And that we're men who love, just love. We love because he first loved us. All right, that being said, you know, what, what are some of the, the real life struggles that uh, the men that you're serving are dealing with these days? Anybody want to elaborate on that? Yeah, sure. I'll start. Um, so my name is Dan Walisaya. And I think that the primary thing that we see as leaders of this ministry is that there's a pretty significant amount of biblical illiteracy. Hmm. And I like how uh, a couple weeks ago, Sarah spoke on the biblical illiteracy of our children, but I think that it goes a lot deeper than that, and we're seeing that amongst men. Now, as someone who was raised Catholic, I can say that I was pretty illiterate for the majority of my life, but once I came to Christ in 2012, uh, it became pretty important to me to start learning and understanding the characteristics of God, and the only way to do that is to kind of dive into the Word and really yeah, uh, get into that. And then I think another thing that we as men suffer from is uh, isolation. Mm. And we tend to think that because we're going through an emotional or a spiritual battle often, that we're the only ones who've ever done that, and that there's not another guy that you can rely on and speak to on it who can, at the end of the day, show you how they got through it. So. Yeah. Good. I would say that those two things cool. really stand out. Good stuff. Uh, what about um, like balance, life balance? I think that, would you say that's another one as well? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and, and these guys are going to touch on that as well, because what we tend to forget as men is that, yes, we're supposed to be providers as far as food goes, as far as the material things of this world. But uh, we also have a ministry and that ministry is our family. That ministry is our spouse if we're married, um, our children, and making sure that they're fed before you go out and try to feed others because at the end of the day, your cup is going to be empty because mm. you're not refilling it at home yeah. either. Yeah, and yeah, and there's going to be conflict anyway, bottom oh, yeah. line. <laughs> One way or the other. <laughs> awesome. So um, anybody want to add to that or you're good with that? Um, I would say from uh, an out- outreach standpoint, um, I think it's very important uh, even uh, from that perspective that that men come out um, and just be a part of, you know, what we're doing here at Commitment or even um, abroad, um, you know, men, men are really needed. I believe if, if men are out there in the forefront, yeah. we can be great examples, again, to our children, to the kids, to the youth, um, to just serve, hmm. to just serve um, yeah. as Christ called us to. Yeah, so really the, the presence of the man is super important, right? And I have uh, two great nephews who live in Baltimore, and I just believe that's providentially, being from the West Coast, that they are living in Baltimore. And I remember this, uh, my, one of my nephews, I got a call from my sister, which they are her grandsons, and she was saying, hey, Cedric, you know, I need you to talk to uh, your nephew because, uh, keep in mind, he's in a household of women. And he's like, he's, and this is when he was a boy, he's trying to understand his, his private parts. You know, male, female, who, who can talk to him? And to the point that he didn't, he didn't know that men stand, women sit. You, 
you know, and I literally had to show them how men stand because there was not another man around him who can model that. That's how, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've married I, I married, I married a, a man and a woman, and sad that you got a, yeah, officiated a wedding. Right. I, thank you. I officiated a wedding between a man and a woman, and um, a, a man will come in and his tie is not tied, and he'll be dressed and his tie is not tied because he doesn't know how to tie a tie. Men who don't know how to change a tire. I mean, just simple things is because men aren't present, you know, in, in many people, uh, people's lives. And again, this is cross-culturally today as well. It's not just one particular culture that this is affecting because there's an absenteeism of fatherhood in the family. Hello, my name is Sarah Vega, and I am the Administrative and Executive Director here at Commitment Church. I hope you've enjoyed today's message by Pastor Cedric Brown. If you didn't know, Pastor Cedric also sends out encouraging videos weekly. We call these the Weekly Wire. We can send these encouraging videos directly to you by subscribing at www.loveallnations.org. Here's an example of the encouragement you'll receive. Have you ever thought that you can get away with whatever you want? In other words, Whatever you do may not be seen. Whatever you say may not be heard. Well, you see the scripture says this. It says, he who planted the ear, does he not hear? He who formed the eye, does he not see? I think this, the, the simple verse is saying this to you and I, is that God knows everything. In other words, whatever we're doing, he sees. Whatever we're saying, he hears. And I believe that is so important for all of us to be mindful of. You see, especially if you are a person of authority or you have great influence, it's super important for all of us to understand with great clarity, God always sees us. God always hears us. So the next time we who may have influence on, on a lot of people's lives and are, we have the privilege of leading people and people are following us and trusting us. May God have mercy in us and continuously remind us in the quietness of our hearts and thoughts and actions that He too sees everything we do. He too hears everything we say. We hope you enjoyed this sample of our Weekly Wire. Again, to subscribe to your weekly inspiration, refreshment, and encouragement, please visit www.loveallnations.org. Thank you again for listening to our series, Let's Re-Engage, From Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. Ephesians 4, 14 through 16 says, as a result, we are no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into Him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, 
being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. As the fitted and held together body that we are, it is critical that we not only reconnect with one another, but serve together for the furthering of the gospel, so that more and more can hear of Christ and be saved. If you want to listen to the previous messages in this series, or if you want to hear messages from other series, visit Commitment Church on YouTube or Pastor Cedric Brown on Spotify, Pandora, or other podcast providers. You can also visit us on our website, commitmentchurch.org. And if you live in the Philadelphia, Delaware, or South Jersey area, we would love to see you in person as well. You can attend any of our services by visiting us at 2 Berlin Road South, Lindenwald, New Jersey, 08021. Thank you again for listening, and have a blessed and wonderful day.